This is Dr. Charles Parker, and you're listening to Core Brain Journal. It's the place where I connect both fresh discoveries and interesting different perspectives from advanced mind science with the realities of real people and everyday life down on Main Street. Well, welcome aboard, folks. Dr. Charles Parker, and one more interesting, doggone interesting interview that's going to happen here. We have a guy, uh, Jim Bono, who's going to join us in just a minute, who is really interesting about brain injury for patients from a much more comprehensive, community-based, how do we work together to really address this problem as opposed to putting everybody off in little pieces. Jim, thanks. We're looking forward to talking to you. Thanks for coming on board. Thank you for having me. Let me just tell you about the two sponsors that we have, and then we'll go on with the interview. You folks already know how much we love the reality of data here at CBJ, and today we welcome our clinical friend and new sponsor partner directly related to hard data, Direct Health Access Laboratory. With over 3 million studies, they're deep leaders of experience with the big picture of measuring, for example, methylation, cryptopyrrole, and copper challenges. They have a global service with a molecular focus. Stay tuned. We'll talk about them mid, mid-cycle. These guys are great. We just love working with them. They do a great job for the people we work with. And then the James Berry Robinson Center. They're another group that has come in and supported CBJ. And what they have and what we're really interested in supporting is improvements in mind care from a structured therapeutic level. Today, we'll welcome uh, James Berry Robinson Center. They're a sponsor and partner with a deep interest in fresh options to address the complexity of adolescent treatment failure nationally and internationally, and they are built, get this, TRICARE friendly. That's where the international piece comes from. They are connected globally with a lot of very interesting families. We really like them. The Barry Robinson Center provides a holistic environment that sets children, teens, and families on the path to healing. From our personal experience right here in Tidewater, Virginia, we know how they work with our families that we sent to them, a truly different residential experience. More in a moment, we'll tell you more about a midline. So let me go ahead and introduce Jim Bono. He is a person who has had a number of experience on the receiving end of what goes on when you have an injury. And he's a survivor of brain injury. And as a survivor, you learn many things, he says, some you simply don't understand at the outset. Then there are those that simply don't make any sense at all. And you realize that's not my head. We just don't get it. So there there are models of recovery that are, in fact, broken. So what he's put together and worked together, I don't know if he's put it together, but we'll hear more about it in a second, is BIRG, an acronym that talks about the Brain Injury Resource Group. And he says, we are the only formed, founded, and staffed 501c3 focused on global community around acquired brain injury. We're going to talk about acquired brain injury in just a second because that's a different kettle of fish than we've been talking about here at CBJ. It's a whole broader concept. Simply said, survivor to survivor, caregiver to caregiver, medical community to medical community, legal field to legal field, social services and so on, 
from Australia to Venezuela and all ports between. What's going to happen is Jim's going to tell us how that whole package comes together. Again, Jim, thanks so much for joining us. Tell us a little bit about how you got into this. I mean, <laughs> where you started with this interest and, and, and where you are now. I got a great answer for you. I started by hitting my head on a Tennessee field. Ooh. Um, so, uh, unfortunately, um, I think the uh, new statistics that are rumored here uh, in the U.S. is 2.5 million annually. So mm. my case is not that special. Um, and I don't say that out of, you know, because everybody's like, tell me about you, Jim. Tell me about you. And I'm not the guy that, uh, you know, sits here and says, oh, this, that, and the other. My story is about the same as 85% of the people out there. Mm -hmm. The problem is, is that you bump your head, you get a sudden jolt, you know, you, look, I, I'm an urban kid. I grew up in South Minneapolis. That meant I'm invincible. Mm -hmm. That meant, oh, I bumped my head. Oh, I blacked out. Oh, well. Oh, hey. I'm awake now. It's 10 seconds later. Let me go back to playing uh, soccer. Let me go back to playing football. Um, do what kids do. I'm, I'm indestructible. I don't think about age 50. Um, unfortunately, uh, Black Ice and uh, about two years after retirement uh, had a different plan for me when the uh, back tire of my motorcycle kicked out and um, went straight into a um, uh, southeast Tennessee um, rain ditch on the side of a um, side of a road mm. and um, the, I believe the mind says uh, or the Lord says you don't want to see this and kind of closes your eyes down and um, fractured oh excuse me on the microphone That's fractured no left collarbone um, blacked out went head over heels for about 25 yards landed on my head square right on the top of the head uh, with a helmet on yes and um, Body then uh, dropped and slid for about 15 yards. And the saving grace was a, uh, a wonderful little feature on a, on a Harley, on a radio, called Repeat. Because when you're 15 minutes outside of any small town in southeast Tennessee at about 11.45 or midnight, um, you, have a, you have a radio, and it's kind of loud, and there's really nobody around. So you're just enjoying the beautiful ride. Mm -hmm. And you're enjoying a, you know, a song that happens to be tied into a friend of mine that passed away a number of years ago. So I was just enjoying the moment kind of deal and um, playing the song over and over. And uh, that song played for a half an hour until a uh, local uh, came up. And um, literally what I first felt was him kicking me in the leg. And I would say pretty good kick, kind of like uh, Charlie Brown kicking a football kind of deal. He so, thought you were dead. He did. He did. I mean, I'm guessing he talked for a while and didn't get any response. And so he's, you know, he gave me a good boot to make sure before uh, doing anything. And, um, you know, it was a, uh, from there, just kind of a. Uh, so it was the replay on the Harley that brought him in. Otherwise you'd be sitting out there. To be uh, no disrespect to the individual. Cause I, I certainly did go back and thank him, but uh, uh, in all fairness, um, first question was, what are you doing? Uh, with the Tennessee accent, and uh, the second, I, my answer was, I, I, I'm, I'm not, I, I, did I crash? Mm -hmm. and, and he goes, mm, mm, what? and he just kind of looked at me, I go, yeah, I, I think I crashed. Then he goes, you woke up my baby. <laughs> and oh. I'm like, I, I, I crashed, I'm still processing this. Mm -hmm. And my wife. 
he was not happy. Really? Um, this radio, let's be honest, guys. Uh, a lot of people don't understand why uh, Harleys have such loud exhaust and why the radios often are so loud. It is because it's much easier to be heard than it is seen with so many distract, distracted drivers. And mm -hmm. so that's why there's uh, those stickers that say loud pipes save lives. Um, mm -hmm. It's not because we want to be irritating or, you know, loud. It's because we want to survive. We want to live. So, mm -hmm. oh. yeah. Well, that's really tough. So then did they, they came out and picked you up and took you to the hospital. That is correct. And then how long were you in the hospital? You had, you obviously had a concussion. You had a, an injury. I did. I did. And, you know, you got to love, um, I probably shouldn't name the hospital, but uh, their rating I last looked was 1.8 out of 5 in yeah. um, oh. Sevierville, Tennessee. And mm -hmm. uh, they uh, said, oh, you've got a uh, fractured collarbone. And um, it was about uh, two to three hours. And uh, here's some uh, Percocet, mm -hmm. um, Oxy, I'm not sure what it was, mm -hmm. some yep. medication, and yep. have a good day. You know, you're going to be sore for a few days. And um, apparently I slept for about three days. Um, I told my wife that, uh, you know, I don't, uh, uh, I'm not a, no disrespect to, to any medical doctors. I wouldn't be here without them. So I have great respect for all they do, uh, and, and including yourself, Chuck. But I believe in, there's certain pain medications that are very addictive. And mm -hmm. I would much rather try Tylenol or Advil or ibuprofen first and take the risk on my kidney kind of deal mm -hmm. uh, before trying something stronger. So um, I woke up about three days later, noticed the pill bottle was open next to me. Uh, my wife had been taking care of me and um, uh, they got uh, dumped down in the garbage at that moment. And, uh, Went to uh, Tylenol. Now, and, tell me this. Were you, are you saying that, Jim, you were actually taking them and you didn't know you were taking them or something like that? Yeah, I was out of it. Um, I mm -hmm. believe, um, you know, I, the kindness of my wife uh, at the time um, was a, uh, you know, he's, gonna, he's hurting. He's in pain. I could have just been saying, oh, I'm so, I'm hurting. Mm -hmm. uh, I was sleeping about uh, 17 hours a day, I would say, mm. 18. And, mm -hmm. um uh, you know, I'm sure I had to get up some point to go to the bathroom. Um, I don't recall any of that for three days. Uh, so yeah, it wouldn't surprise me if I was saying, okay, you know, yes, I'll take those. Um, but, uh, once, um, you know, I realized what they were, I'm like flush mm -hmm. uh, as, um, I just, uh, wasn't for me. So how did the doctors get you back? So you're obviously doing a good job of talking, Thank you're you. articulate, you're on the game. So then what happened? How did you get yourself back on? You may not be on the motorcycle. I don't know if you're riding again, but the issue is how did you get yourself back on the road? I'll make it very easy for you. You ready? I mm -hmm. left Tennessee. <laughs> uh, well, I should rephrase that. She left me. Uh, oh. She got the house and the money and everything else, but... Uh, um, I came back to Minneapolis, Minnesota, as uh, uh, there's a number of trauma one hospitals, as well as uh, this is where Mayo Clinic is um, originally yep. out of. Yep. And I was tripping upstairs. I was uh, not doing too well. There was an immense amount of stuff. And um, there's a uh, um, courage center that's here as well. And so 
there's a lot of options uh, as far as a demographic, as far as a marketplace. If you're to have an acquired brain injury, it's a good place to have it. Mm -hmm. um, this is where I grew up. You uh, suddenly served with divorce papers. You're in a town where uh, you know you just retired a couple of years earlier, and you know you yeah. are um, you're a stranger. Yeah, you know, so you're kind of like I have people from church, but I think I'd like to see some family and friends. I kind of uh, mm -hmm. meet them right at this moment. And Ouch. So, um, ended up uh, coming back to Minnesota and uh, got into a TBI uh, program at uh, Hennepin County Medical Center. Uh, which I'm, you know, very, very blessed to have gotten into. Um, there was a number of misdiagnoses and yes, he does. No, he doesn't. And let's send him to a dizzy national dizzy balance center, which full props, great place because they said, no, this guy has a traumatic brain injury. And they called head of the County medical center and said, we'd like you to set up an interview with this guy and meet and talk and, um, did the, uh, neuro, um, neuro psych exam. And uh, it came back, um, yeah, you've got uh, deficits in this area, this area, this area, this area. And um, not to, uh, I hate saying this, and I haven't figured out a way to say it without sounding egotistical, but uh, um, I grew up uh, very modest means in South Minneapolis. And I worked very hard, got lucky in the IT industry. I wish I could say it was all brains, but that's not the case. And um, uh, ended up uh, deciding that, um, yeah, now's a good time to hang it up because um, I would like to enjoy retirement. I have enough money to, you know, survive for the next uh, whatever amount of years. And um, that was it. So uh, basically um, took a step back and said, yeah, if I need to get a job in 10 years, I'll go to Home Depot kind of thing. <laughs> and, um, um, that, and right I, now you're going to make a difference. And that's what you're doing right now. Exactly. Life does have a change of plans. So, in fact, I'd like to talk about that. Um, forget about me. Let's talk about Berg for a moment, if you don't mind. No, that's exactly where we're going. I mean, awesome. because I, I thought if we started with you a little bit, we'd get right there. And that's where we need to go. Thank you so much. No, thank you. So, here's the problem with the world. Acquired brain injury. Most people are not familiar with that term. Half the people out there are not able to identify the letters TBI. They don't understand it means traumatic brain injury. Um, even less understand ABI. Um, fact of the matter is, is that a traumatic brain injury is an acquired brain injury. A stroke is an acquired brain injury. There's a number of acquired brain injuries. Now, the problem we have, and I'm focusing in at this moment in this uh, conversation, this example, on the U.S. And I may ruffle a few feathers. Yeah, it's uh, very simple. Uh, James.bono at bellberg.org. Send your hate mail there. Um, <laughs> because the fact of the matter is, is that uh, I am that guy that, um, you know, wife was gone. You know, friends like, hey, get your butt into a program. You need help. And um, go do it. And um, I dropped about 97% of the people I know. And, you know, I'm not wearing these, uh, these, these, you know, glasses because I'm Joe cool. I'm, um, I live every day with, uh, photophobia and it's, um, um, it's just, it's reality. So the sunglasses help you because your eyes would be strained following the injury. These and are prescription. Were, yeah. Oh, they're prescription. Yes, yeah. They are prescription. And, so, uh, 
Um, and so, yes, the eyes do get strained looking at computer screens, et cetera, uh, but the, uh, the brightness and today's uh, semi cloudy. And so I'm enjoying a little bit of sunshine, to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. But uh, the problem is, is that you go through, you walk down the halls and you're doing about sometimes four hours a day uh, with scattered meetings, you know, over maybe a five or six hour window, Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. And you begin seeing other people wearing sunglasses and you begin seeing and recognizing, you're like, Hey, how you doing on this kind of thing? Um, I mean, absolutely no disrespect to any of our fine military or soldiers. There's a kinship that takes place with, um, veterans. Um, I'm sure, you know, you may have been out and you may have, uh, have a family member that's bumped into another gentleman and, or gal and said, Hey, you know, you served, yeah, kind of, kind of hard. Oh, big dead. And suddenly there's a bond. It's the same thing with survivors on the traumatic mm-hmm. brain injury arena. Um, I can't speak for the stroke area. I haven't had a stroke yet, fortunately. Um, mm-hmm. So there's a very strong bond. Um, and the problem is, is that a lot of them are sitting by themselves. And so... One day I started looking at this and let me Google the divorce rate and 80 some percent, a high 80 some percent of uh, marriages after a traumatic brain injury end in divorce. Mm. Mine only took four months after 14 years. So apparently, you know, that whole uh, uh, sickness and health meant uh, anything above the flu is uh, out. Mm-hmm. But um, the fact of the matter is, is that it kind of was like, wow, that's really strong. And then talking to some other people and support groups and um, happened to have been out on a uh, walk one day and met a gal who actually got in a motorcycle accident up here at about the same time. And I'm like, you know, let me ask you a question. You know, have you, uh, you know, what do you do on this? I don't know. I just kind of always got nowhere. You, you got anything? I'm like, I Googled it and there's nothing. And, um, She's like, well, what about this? I'm like, got nothing. And so we spent the rest of the walk, which is a fundraiser for a national organization. And, uh, you know, thank you for their awareness and efforts. Um, and we decided, you know, let's get together later this week. And let's talk. And that's how Berg came about, was two survivors and then three survivors and pretty soon half a dozen survivors talking about this is lacking, this is lacking, this is lacking, this is lacking. So we identified the problems. And then we said, okay, well, what would be the appropriate solution? Well, everybody that's uh, any successful businessman knows, identify a problem, develop a solution, and the business will naturally come. This business is a nonprofit business. People, you know, it's a nonprofit organization, just like any other for-profit organization, just we're not in it for money. As a matter of fact, our bylaws, uh, well, if there's anybody out there that's in the nonprofit arena thinking, hey, I'd love to go over there and join, you're not going to like the financial caps we put in our bylaws uh, because this is a passion project. This is about making a difference. Um, we uh, six of us said, okay, what are we missing? Let's go talk to caregivers. And there's caregivers out there that unfortunately early days of um, traumatic brain injury involves a short fuse. Um, you're not the politest person. Uh, you're downright uh, mean sometimes and you really don't realize in your own head. And so what happened is I was talking to Andy 
uh, and um, was speaking with his mother, Sue, and uh, she told me a story about that same organization that I, I did a walk for uh, and met the uh, gal from the motorcycle, Chrissy. And she's, uh, she's like, you know, there's no support groups. I'm like, what? What do you mean there's no support groups? And it's, support groups are huge uh, on the survivor side. Um, mm -hmm. there's, there's nothing. Uh, her and Andy had a you know, particular day. He went up to bed and took a nap. And, uh, you know, she pretty much was like, oh, the phone rings and there's that national organization. And, hey, great, you know, well, yeah, we've got answers for you. Let me, I'll send you out something. You'll get in the mail in a couple of days. And great, mail came. She opens it up and Alzheimer's group. What does that have to do with traumatic brain injury? Gotcha. Yeah. So we ended so how up. How does uh, your group actually work then? Take it down to the street when somebody goes, you would like the people who have injuries to, to be connected with you, I would imagine. And how does that take place? How does one do that? Can they do it virtually? How do they do it when they're in Tasmania? Well, how does all that work? Here's the deal. We, um, with less than 20 people, are connected in about uh, 12 different countries. And we have an ugly website. I'll be perfectly honest. I mean, no, no disrespect to Mark. Thank you for all your efforts. Thank you, Lane. Uh, thank you, Kelly. But the problem is, is that we are survivors. We are caregivers. We're not website design people. Um, so what we believe and know for a fact is the current models that are out there are all brick and mortar state by state, country by country. And the problem with that is that's the same business model that you and I see every day in this country, uh, excuse me, every week in this country, because we see Burger King open across the street from McDonald's. That's mm -hmm. a for-profit business model. Mm -hmm. um, so we decided let's just go online. We don't need a brick and mortar and mm -hmm. let's uh, use a board here in Minnesota and Ultimately, let's develop a board that's international. Uh, so we decided to start growing outside of the U.S. because of the competitiveness. 85% of people in nonprofits, statistically, are uh, in it for profit. Um, well, that, that's good for them, but that's, uh, we're, we're in that 15% area. Um, so what we done, or what we did, excuse me, is we went out and um, went on LinkedIn and um, didn't do anything except put a... Um, logo out there and you know put a title on there and uh talked uh, just basically an invite saying hey if anybody would like to talk you know we'd love to talk and pretty soon people started going hey i'm curious tell me about this uh brain injury resource group and we explained what our objective is and what our goal is is to connect survivor to survivor connect caregiver to caregiver Medical, medical, legal field, legal field, social service, social service. Social services in Canada are, they're lacking immensely. But yet here in America, they're pretty darn good. Um, why would we not want the two to talk? Forget mm -hmm. about a border. Forget about a state uh, border. Connect the people. Let them talk. And the best way, the cheapest way, the easiest way is right here online. And so we decided, okay, let's go out and, uh, fortunately, my long-term business skills are still there, and we um, approached uh, some companies and, and spoke about, hey, here's what our goal is, and here's what our objective is, and we'd like to talk to you about, you know, this, that, and the other. And uh, we have um, we have a board of director and a website team, a social media company that said we'll donate our services, and everything's just kind of out there on hold. 
uh, waiting for a consistent message, a correct message, and the correct look and the feel. I'm not a social media guy. I avoided it. Um, but we, um, we invite people to either connect with me on LinkedIn, connect with Lane Wright uh, on LinkedIn, uh, W-R-I-G-H-T. Um, go to uh, www.theberg.org uh, and simply, you know, there's a button, take action. That's all it is because we're just saying, let's help one another. Because the logic is, you know, it was about a little over five years ago. And there were so many questions, and I was very angry. I'm a very faith-based person, and I will be completely honest that I prayed for two years. Lord, please, just let me get in. And uh, mm-hmm. you know, growing up Catholic, it's pretty much ingrained in your head how that works. Mm-hmm. And so the fact of the matter is, is I would have loved it if you know, me sitting there at 44, 45 years old, if there would have been a 47-year-old guy, 48-year-old guy, or a gal that said, hey, I know where you're at. I can, I can relate. Let me talk with you. Mm-hmm. And that doesn't happen. We don't have that. Mm-hmm. I mean, you've seen the model. It's called big brother, big sister. It works. Mm-hmm. Why do we not have it in acquired brain injury? Mm-hmm. Why is it that it's so challenging for us to say support groups? Yeah, they're brick and mortar. They're at a church or they're at a, um, you know, various places around the city. But what about the person out in rural Kentucky? Mm-hmm. What are they what about the person that just left their support group and two days later their caregiver dies, which actually is a true story. And um, they've got to wait 28 more days. How do they actually connect with you in that, Jim? Then when you, if they get to the site, do you have groups at the site? Do you have like a, a meeting board? Do you have the, are the groups uh, consistently with the same people or how, how does all that process work? Very good question. Awesome question. Thank you. Um, so the site that is out there is a temporary site, which is pretty much saying, come join, take action. Because the fact of the matter is, is that as a survivor, we learn more from each other, um, about the tricks and the tips and this, that, and the other. I fully appreciate, uh, Dr. Kent and Nova and, and, and all of them to, you know, teach me balance and teach me talk again and teach me everything correctly. But the day to day life, you don't get a pamphlet on the way out. You get a pat on the back, um, and often that's dictated by insurance. Um, fact of the matter is, is that the actual website is still in development. Our current website is purely a recruiting tool saying, you want to get involved? We have a huge need for volunteers, and we would love to get them in and, and connect everybody. So the chat rooms are a um, kind of go back to the old school, like AOL 1.0 kind of days. Yeah, yeah. And you have a um, – a survivor chat room right here and over here you've got a um, caregiver chat room so simply log in and you know you're committed to a survivor or a chat room you don't get to cross over oh I got you then also go ahead and fill out some more questions and click yep I agree now I'll give them a cell number uh-huh. this is about accountability I mean the fact is you are going to get a text and you are going to need to enter that pin and you are going to go ahead and um, you know need to uh, Simply said, enter it or you don't really go any farther. Actually connect. And As opposed to you're not going to just dream yeah. about it. You're going to get in and be there the and be a person with the people. That's the problem with Facebook. You have too many people in there selling, oh, no disrespect to anybody who sells essential oils or the next thing. But you, um, we don't want salespeople. 
Yeah. We want to talk to somebody and we want to talk real. And the fact of the matter is, is that your final page is code of conduct. You're not going to sell. You're not going to disrespect. You're not going to be mean, et cetera, et cetera. So if you're waking up at three o'clock in the morning and you're thinking, yeah, I'd like to, I'd like to end this. I don't want to do this anymore. I'm hoping, I'm praying that somebody says, let me just grab my phone and let me log in real quick. And the fact of the matter is that it's a 24 seven operation because we have Sass Freeman over in UK, uh, who is a wonderful author, wonderful gal, uh, suffered a couple of strokes and she's just a sweetheart of a gal. And you've got um, the last neuroscientist, the very last one in all of Venezuela. His, his name is uh, Luis uh, Jimenez. And I'm like, well, it's a war-torn country, I get it. And he's got a, a web uh, company, um, a website, Neuro Society, but in his language, uh, mm -hmm. which he just wants to talk to other doctors. I would love to see other doctors talk to other doctors. And I would love to see them connect and advance what it is that's working so that that doctor in rural Kentucky, nothing against Kentucky, you're just in this example, mm -hmm. um, can turn around and learn. Can turn around and say, you know what, I saw that thing on uh, Chuck's show on CBJ. Let me go back and search the archives, um, if he happens to recall it. Uh, get engaged if he says, hey, I remember, I'm going to bookmark Berg. And log on in, and there's doctors from Canada, there's doctors from U.S., there's doctors from Venezuela, doctors from Australia, doctors from all over Europe. The fact of the matter is, it's not a hard concept. Nobody's in there making money. Nobody's in there doing anything other than connecting. And the benefit at the end of the day is for the newbie. The newbie mm -hmm. survivor and the newbie caregiver. The benefit is because if a social service person up in Canada happens to get, you know, hey, I got some great tidbits and, uh, you know, here's how they did this or here's, you know, what they do. Let's figure out how they did it. Um, great. Improve the services. Uh, if a doctor's like, you know what, I, I, you know, I think this would be a good idea, but I, I'm going to bounce it off some people. Go in there, bounce it off some people. Um, you know, however you want to do it. I just want people to connect because that word connect in, in our world, my world, in the acquired brain injury world, mm -hmm. four letters, hope. Without hope, it is very, very dark. And it's been about uh, two plus years now that uh, Berg has been uh, quietly in the works. And you're cooking. We started doing this outside of the U.S. intentionally because of competitiveness. Uh, we are getting together. We are growing a lot faster than I can handle. That's for certain. So please, anybody would like to get involved, uh, would love to have you. Um, there is a, a process where we, you know, believe in the theory, um, right seat, uh, right person, because nobody wants to be in an uncomfortable spot. And so, um, especially when it comes to volunteer work. Well, so that is, is great. I, I was looking forward to you uh, throwing that appeal out there to people to join. And I want to take just a moment for our sponsors here in the middle of this thing. And I'm going to come back. When we come back, yeah. I'm going to ask you, Jim, about even more specifics about what a person might find. And I think one of the key groups that I think is important, and I want to ask you about it, is the doctors and the health professionals. Because I think what happens is a big, you know, if the public isn't communicating effectively with the health professionals, I mean, the public, needs to come, the public needs the public. There's no question about it. 
But the health professionals who are going to provide opportunities, they got to be there and they got to know what's going on. So I'm going to ask you about that in just a minute. So Sounds great. we'll take a break and I look forward to talking to you then. Well, folks, you know, as well as I do, that psychiatric treatment failure, especially after multiple medication trials and those very, very brief hospitalizations may prove insufficient to deal at home with the complexity of troubled children and, and those adolescents from 6 to 17 years old. Improved care, those next mandatory steps, should include a more comprehensive approach to address those multiple levels of challenges, from family to peers to school, diagnostically from defiance to depression, on every level for families including military families internationally. The Barry Robinson Center's 32-acre open college-like campus in Norfolk, Virginia, provides safety and security and clean, comfortable living. How do we know? We refer folks over there all the time, strongly endorse what they're doing. So for further information and informed interview, connect at this page, barryrobinson.org forward slash core. Well, you folks already know that here at Core Brain Journal, we're on a mission to introduce you to resources that make significant contributions to the investigation of those predictable mind science applications. Our colleagues at DHA Lab Group provide a real difference with treatment options for people at every level, from first awareness of mind problems to those frustrating times when even well-informed treatment becomes surprisingly unpredictable. For my entire professional life, from psychoanalysis to brain scans, I've searched for, yes, improved predictability. The good news for all of us, from professionals to patients, remarkably effective research offers useful, cost-effective, organic options far beyond guesswork with psychiatric medications alone. DHA lab tests measure unbalanced biomedical details through easily available testing now available globally for a variety of molecular answers from, for example, methylation, copper, and cryptopyrrole challenges. Check in for more details at dhalab.com core. That's dhalab.com forward slash core. Well, welcome back, Jimbo. Nice to Thank talk you. to you again. We're back and we're going to get, we're going to find out about the health professionals and how they can really, I'm going to just tell you one thing that I didn't quite bring up, and it's a little, since we've had a moment for everybody to take a breath, I was a guy who had a motorcycle myself back in medical school. And my cousin and I, he had a, he had a Yamaha, and I had a, a Norton Atlas 750. Nice. And it was, uh, it was a monster bike. I mean, it was one of those things, and he had serious pipes and all that stuff on it. And, yeah. and uh, I always wanted to ride a bike. I, I had some very interesting trips with it. But three Funny. times, it had a real strange rear wheel. You had a rear wheel problem. I had a rear wheel problem. My rear wheel on that bike was an antique rear wheel. It was not a rounded rear wheel. It was okay. back when they had the old square rear wheel. So when you go around on a yeah. corner, that butt would slide out a little bit, no matter what you were on. And if you were on anything, it was a little gravelish. A little bit, so you better it was, it. It was a, Your heart went right up into your head. So... That happened three times to me, and I said, hey, life is too short. I'm, I'm just not going to go out in the ditch on this guy. I mean, I just well, you know, had to do something else. But it was, sad, a, it was a nice tour. Nice sad, tour. Absolutely true. But the sad thing is, is that uh, Tennessee, you get a rainstorm out of the blue, just mm -hmm. out of nowhere. And so there's a variety of bikes that are actually running car tires on the back. Yeah. Same deal that you're talking about. That's it. I mean, they do great in the rain, but – 
you know, no offense, a little bit of gravel that comes off of any of those roads. Yeah. You're done. You're on the edge. Yep. You're not on the tire. You're on the edge. Yep. And you better be able to handle that thing. So yeah. you asked me a question. Yes, sir. And I'm gonna, I'll repeat it if you don't mind. We want to see what, how a group of how the medical people, and not just medical people, nurse practitioners, therapists, counselors, how do they inter, interrelate, interact with you in such a way to, to uh, get into this situation? First thing is www.theberg, that's B-I-R-G, the B-I-R-G dot org. Um, Right-hand side. You'll see a button that says take action. Come on down and there is an ugly form. It's very basic, very simple. Like I said, we're not website people. Um, and um, simply submit. Uh, and, and if they would like to uh, get involved or, you know, not, not, I, we're not out here pitching to, you know, make donations type deal. Um, the real deal site, when it's up, as far as vision-wise, is, uh, again, there's chat rooms. Um, and there's going to be survivor, caregiver, legal community, medical profession, um, and, and try to generalize uh, so that you can take a, you know, a therapist and connect it with a, a you know, we'll talk about a um, um, occupational therapist, connect them with a speech therapist, connect them with a, a PT. And frankly, you know, share, talk. Uh, this is the problem is that we call it recovery without walls. And the reality of the matter is, is that in that healthcare community, it's the same problem that we're seeing in the legal and everywhere else, that there isn't that communication. Now there's the ample, I, I, I gotta be honest with you, Chuck, I am, I'm amazed at how many different, and I'm sure your you know, audience out there is going to say the same. Um, this is the wonderful brain. Symposiums, uh, mm -hmm. different events where you can, you know, hey, let's go out to Vegas or let's go out to Chicago or let's go out to New York and, you know, spend 12K for, to attend a, a two-day conference or whatever the case may be. Well, that's fine. You get the same people and you go out and have the same drinks and you have the same fun time and, you know, learn some new things from some cool keynote speakers. What do, what do you do on the every average day? How do you take it home? Bingo. And that's the problem is that go on a website that's free. It doesn't cost you $1,200. It, it, it may cost you about, I don't know, 60 seconds to type. I'm not sure how quick of a typer you are. <laughs> and um, get in there, log in. And you're going to go through the same thing we talked about because we do not want anybody in there misrepresenting themselves or selling some, you know, hey, this is the heal, cure all. This is the best thing since sliced bread. What we would like is for individuals to get in there and truly talk and know that they're in an environment that I'm not able to get into, that caregivers not getting into, nobody's able to get into. Um, it is strictly their field meaning medical field. And so we will define uh, medical field as, you know, this array of uh, individuals. And, you know, social services or whatnot is this array of individuals. And caregivers is this array of individuals. So that the individuals can find the right field they're in. Because once you're in a group, it's going to be a little challenging to transfer over to the other. Um, but the fact of the matter is, is uh, we want the doctors 
and when I say the doctors, I'm referring to all of them, that have an interest. Um, you know, I'm up in Minnesota, and we commonly refer to it as Minnesota. And <laughs> there's a uh, town called Litchfield, and it's about two hours west of the cities. And there's a, um, a mother that drives her uh, 28-year-old uh, grown daughter who has a child um, to downtown Minneapolis, two hours, and uh, drives back two hours. And it just seems to make more sense to get a doctor out in Litchfield. Seems like, you know. Who gets quite, it? Quite honestly, I'm quite certain that there's, uh, if there's something knowledgeable out there, mm -hmm. uh, it'd be, be pretty um, helpful at the very least, even if it was in a smaller private practice type deal. I, I don't know the details of these things, uh, but I would imagine that there's going to be some doctors that are specializing in. Um, we've seen that uh, neurofeedback, um, biofeedback, mm -hmm. neurorehabilitative um, plasticity. A lot, of, um, a lot of hype on that in the last 12 months' time. Um, I can't honestly tell you right now whether that's a great thing or not, but I do trust that the doctors are going to tell me whether it's a great thing or not because, well, you, know, you kind of want to trust your doctors. It's kind of like going to, um, I don't know, how do you say it? Um, if you don't trust your doctor, you're going to the wrong doctor. I yeah, mean, well, you want to get the people informed. I mean, the big reason you're doing this is because you want to share information and be contemporary. Absolutely. You know, there's a lot of things going on out there, and this is the same reason we're doing Core Brain Journal. The reason I'm talking to you right now is because we want to get from every side any information we can get that's going to help the man on the street out in Oshkosh in Possum Hollow, Alabama, yep. to really get into, have an opportunity to talk to people and be there Online, on time, you know, being in some forum. Now, we have Core Brain Journal, just as a quick plug, and this is not yeah. you know, just to say, we're going to have you on our vet site. We're going to have this recording Thank you. on our veteran site because we know the veterans need resources. We've got probably 20, 30 veteran interviews that we've had on people that do brain injury, neuroplasticity, how you think uh, we've got people that train warriors before they go into war, how they deal with brain injury after we've got, and we're really interested. It's why the reason we were so excited about talking to you because we're on the same path. We're into let's make it happen. There's no charge. Just show up and just learn do. something and get something out of it. Yep. Just do. It, it isn't rocket scientists. I mean, the fact of the matter is, is that, and no, I'm not, again, full disclaimers, well, not full disclaimers, I'm not going to apologize for it, but there's a term I grew up with, and I believe uh, very dearly to this day, love thy neighbor. Mm -hmm. And in our society here in the U.S., it doesn't happen. Not enough. And the fact of the matter is, is that you've got soldiers that are coming back, getting misdiagnosed with PTSD and TBI, they're very similar. And, mm -hmm. you know, how to correct it and how to, you know, get these things done right. Please excuse the language, but damn it. Let's just mm -hmm. knock this off and get people connected so that we can expedite the facts of here's how we're healing this. Here's how we're addressing this. Mm -hmm. I mean, it really isn't rocket science to get people to talk to one another. The problem is, is that too many people are out there in the world that, um, well, I don't want to say the wrong thing and this comes down. Fine, I'll give you a million disclaimers because I trust me. The website's going to have a ton of disclaimers simply because I, I, five years ago, I would, quite honestly, 
was not a pretty picture. Um, you know, the house I'm sitting in is, is um, a blessing. It's shelter. To me, it's Trump Towers. And then so, <laughs> no offense against the- No, no. But my point being is, is that you and I have that same logic of do. Because there's a plenty of people that want to gripe about the world. They want to talk about how horrible it is. Then shut up and just get up and do. Mm-hmm. And it's not rocket science to do. I mean, it, you've got plenty of doctors that are out there listening to your deal. And you have plenty of veterans that are out there. And I, I want to make this plug. Berg is... There's a... Um, a personal connection on uh, why um, uh, the veterans uh, tie in with me. Back in 2006, long before I bumped my head, um, I brought Minnesota Patriot Guard about in Minnesota and helped change the model for the U.S. Um, unfortunately, I never served some screws in my ankle, so they wouldn't take me. Um, and later, screws in the head. Uh, but what ends up happening is um, nothing but the utmost respect for these individuals. And I believe it's a market that's getting underserved and definitely they're doing the best they can Mm -hmm. uh, as far as the doctors, but there's so much red tape. It's our, it's our government, whether it's a democratic government a Republican government, uh, the uh, dairy queen government, there's just too much red tape and these guys need help now. Well, and I'm, and the, and the resources are out there. People don't know about them. I mean, the medical community is not, able to keep up with all the things that are going on in neuroscience the reason we're doing core brain journal because i mean there's so many really cool things going on i mean you, you can just sit and listen to these guys that i'm talking to all day it's not about me it's about the people who are making a difference in their lives by moving that needle forward for the, the good of humankind basically absolutely now, tell me about something you skipped over a little bit because i want you i want you to take some full credit if credit was due right there what did you develop? How did you say that? You're, you're, you're a very humble guy, but I think right there you said something that our listeners would want. You developed something and you weren't actually a veteran. What was that? Oh, uh, back in 2006, we had a, um, and I will fully say this one, and uh, Libby Phelps, if you want to sue me, I'm over in St. Paul now. <laughs> um, we had an individual that was in this country from Westboro Baptist Church. Mm-hmm. And uh, this individual was Reverend Fred Phelps, uh, a disbarred attorney out of uh, Topeka, Kansas, I believe it was. And uh, he decided that it would be a good idea to uh, go out and protest at funerals. And later he decided that, uh, um, that he should protest and his followers, uh, which was a small band, um, would go out and protest at military soldiers. I remember that being in the news, yeah. So what took place was we had a, um, that was actually started by American Legion riders mm-hmm. uh, and, and a couple individuals down uh, in the Kansas area had took in and said, hey, that's a great idea. Let me go out and incorporate this. And, you know, they cut a little side deal and, hey, you know, we got uh, money coming in. And, hey, yeah, all the money goes to, to, to the you know, to the cause. Well, um, anybody who's grown up inside um, any urban area or happened to have been raised in an Italian-Irish family, um, youngest of 10 kids, any one of those three categories, of which I'm all three, will know for a fact that you see a wrong, you will be the first to raise your hand and go, we're going to straighten this out right now. 
mm-hmm. and so unfortunately, um, uh, we have a wonderful organization, uh, Dennis Kirk, which is the uh, largest uh, aftermarket uh, ATVs, motorcycles, etc. Happens to be based here in Minnesota, and uh, caught up a friend and said, "Hey, you know, Bob, can you uh, make a donation, please, and track it? Let um, you know, let your people know to let you know." And I would send an email once a week. Any money from Minnesota yet? I'm like, you know, I just want to get an insurance policy. I just, you know, really don't want to risk my home and, you know, got a lot of costs coming out of my own pocket type deal. And we um, got back the check, copy of the check actually. And I'm looking at it and I'm like, well, let me send an email. Any money for Minnesota yet? And I'm reading the memo for Minnesota. Nope, nothing yet. So, um, Decided I don't quite get that story right there. So take a moment. If I'm not getting it, other people aren't. Did you get a check from this guy? I had an organization. Um, that happens to be a guy's name. Uh, Dennis Kirk is a um, aftermarket accessories, uh, the world's largest aftermarket accessories for motorcycles, ATVs, snowmobiles. Okay, okay. Make a donation to the corporate um, organization in uh, Kansas that was started by these two guys who took the idea and then was saying, no, there's no donations. No, there's no donations and just pocketing the money. Oh, I got you. I got so you. Now I have proof. I'm looking at a check and you know, there was a donation. You know, the guy's guilty. Okay. I, now I get it. Okay. You know, Bob, uh, not unfortunately, Bob is a very uh, proud Vietnam vet. And uh, I'm like, Bob, Hey, here's what's going on. And, so we went out and uh, documented everything, went and formed a 501c3 and um, developed a law called the uh, Funeral uh, Protest Ban Law, um, which is in Minnesota. I think it might be in all 50 states by now. Um, and figured out a way to, uh, you know, get connected with the uh, local, um, you know, National Guard and other uh, bases around uh, town. Because mm-hmm. the fact of the matter is, is that, yes, it's family members that care about their loved ones over in the sandbox. Yeah. And so they're going to hear about something and yeah, they're going to reach out or they're going to be part of this group and um, reach back. And so um, what happened is uh, develop the law to stop the 300 foot protest. Um, and with Senator Betzold here in Minnesota documented what we did, how we did it, every step of it, why we did it, a proof of the check sent it out to all 50 states um, or whatever the number was at that time, uh, captains, and um, proceeded to receive a, a lot of hate mail and you're a traitor, blah, 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 blah. And uh, suddenly three different states uh, decided to start prosecuting. Um, and suddenly um, about, uh, about a month after that email, all 50 states changed over to the model that Minnesota was using. And the reason why is because People here in Minnesota, there's 9,000 members in uh, Minnesota Patriot Guard. Patriot Guard Riders is uh, the national organization. Um, the fact of the matter is, is that our soldiers, for love of their country, for family history, for a variety of reasons, sign up for four years minimum, and they do meet another ugly three-letter word, IED. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't work out well. Mm-hmm. And sometimes they pay the ultimate price. And the last thing they need is some idiot standing out there with a big neon sign yelling stuff at a mother. Mm-hmm. Um, so as an invited guest, uh, which circumvents the law that we put in place, allows us to park 30 motorcycles right in front 
of well, them and their neon signs and their bullhorns. Mm-hmm. They want to get loud, we just turn on the Harleys. Mm-hmm. They want to break out the bullhorns, we just hold the throttle at a, a particular rev. Mm-hmm. And um, the family can uh, bury their loved one in peace, no disturbance, no, uh, no problems. And um, to be perfectly honest with you, I, um, I, you know, it's been, goodness, it's been many years, about, uh, about uh, nine years, eight years since I've uh, done anything with the organization. The goal was to build it, get it up, make it so that it can't ever go down and um, go about making a living. And what took place was um, people would go on a mission and, and not that I want to make a, you'd go, we, you'd go to a funeral and you'd hold a flag and you'd ride your bike and you, you know, there was times where we rolled in with, boy, 400 plus motorcycles, almost 600 bikers and um, everybody would have a flag. And like every other biker, we'd always wear those black t-shirts because, well, that's going to be nice and cool on a hot August day. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, we would, um, the town would only have 600 people. And this is a true story because actually that was the last time Fred Phelps was in the state of Minnesota. And uh, we partnered up with law enforcement and uh, they ended up jumping in their van and got a wonderful little escort to the uh, border of Iowa. And Iowa picked them up and uh, up give them another escort. And um, the fact of the matter is, is that that same individual, most people don't realize this, Fred Phelps, passed away about 15, 16 months ago. Westboro Baptist Church put out a, a press release a day later. Fred Phelps will not be having a funeral. No. <laughs> they can go around sounds... and terrorize the world or the country. Yeah. You're such a lame piece of work. Yes, Libby, I still think your dad's a lame piece of work. <laughs> um, that you're not even going to have a funeral. So that's uh, so I, I, so you you Jim to summarize what you just said is you're a little bit on the vigilante side because you're very passionate about what you what you're doing. You're concerned right about the people that are suffering, and you want to bring them together, and you're going to stand up and be counted. That's and it. this is that Irish Italian combo. You're going to stand up and fight for the principles that are right in terms of the underlying person who's given so much and has problems and people aren't paying attention to them and dealing with them correctly. Correct. And sometimes they're weak because they've had these problems. Absolutely. And you say, look, let's, we could be much stronger together if we do this than if we exist independently. And that doesn't matter whether you're a, a, a person who's had a brain injury. doesn't matter whether you're a professional. If you get stronger, the group is going to survive. And that's one of the things that, that really puts the whole meat on the bones of what you're doing. Absolutely. And to, and to be 110% honest with you, um, you know, I can't say 10 years from now that I'm going to be in this organization mm-hmm. um, playing an active role. I can promise you this much. The organization will be set up to be the correct way. Yeah. And I appeal to anybody that has nonprofit experience, that it knows what they're doing, that is involved in a caregiver or survivor capacity, high functioning um, survivor yeah. side. Um, our goal is to, at some point, yes, it'd be nice if we were able to bring in enough money to actually hire some people. And I don't know if this is right or wrong, but um, yeah, it's going to get. Well, no, it's right in principle. It's just the issue is you don't know if it's going to work or not. You know, you just got to bring the people in. So So all I want to do is take a moment to say a big thank you to you, Jim. We do have to wind up. I mean, this is, 
this, I think the real issue here is not one issue, but many issues. Many issues is number one, how we communicate effectively and how we don't communicate effectively and how we can improve human connections and human communication. That is what this whole conversation between you and me is about. Yes. And what I'm doing is I'm hearing the excellent efforts that you and your team, you got a big team there, you got an international team that's making a difference in any way you can. And the more you collectively work together, the more the possibility is that that person out in Possum Hollow, Alabama, if that place exists, will get some kind of correct help and move on down the road. Correct. And it's not, not the word possibility. This is happening. Yeah. This, this is not a, yeah. you know, we hope this to happen. Yeah. This has actually happened. And I'm scared to meet that town in Alabama if it does exist. <laughs> but I encourage anybody in that town and around the other rest of the world <laughs> to join in. Take action. I mean, this is our world. It is what we make of it. And whether you're a survivor, whether you're a caregiver, whether you're any of it, join. Make a difference in your world. Be happier. I mean, you'd be amazed what you get out of it. You really would. Well, I like the doing thing, and I humbly stand corrected on possibility because you're making a difference. I I appreciate it. Thanks so much for joining us, Jim. We'll get you up on we'll get you up on the vets page. And anything we can do to help you out down the road, if you have something else you want to talk about, you let us know because we'll jump on and. Make it happen for you. I greatly appreciate the time. I appreciate all your support and help. And um, I think what, uh, what you're doing over there on that end is an awesome thing. And um, by all means, anytime I can reach out, feel free. If you have any survivors uh, along that vet side that would like, I believe you have my personal uh, information, share it with them. I'll do that. I'm happy to keep it offline and keep it confidential for them. All right, buddy. Thank you so much. Have a good evening. You as well. Thanks for listening to Core Brain Journal. We're working every day behind the scenes to bring you reports that connect research benches with those street trenches. Here we share the complexity of mind science because as you know, details really do matter. One of the most pervasive misunderstood challenges is how commonplace medications like those written for ADHD are used so regularly without clear guidelines. If you think you'd like more specifics, take a minute to download my two-page PDF packed with video links and references on the absolute essentials of how to start ADHD medications. They're easily available at corebrainjournal.com forward slash start. Thanks for listening. Do connect and stay tuned. Together we can make a difference.